The Aggies got a multi-year future SEC starter and three-star edge rusher, Gabriel Relaford. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in the Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. Another day, another commit. What can you say? I mean, Coach Fisher and company is on fire. We need to get them some ice water because they will just they will not cool down. That is the uh, I, I wrote it down here. Um, 700th commit in as many um, seconds it feels like. But um, now I will. All kidding aside, I'm excited about this get, and here's why. You know, one thing I really hate, and I and we need to remember as fans of a school, is these are, you know, the, these are 17, 16, 17, 18-year-olds committing to the school, and they are, you know, they're, they're, they're young, and I think people forget that. And some of the comments I've seen, so uh, Gabriel Relaford, of course, three-star, edge rusher from Louisiana Shreveport and he chose the Aggies over Ole Miss and Vandy. So people, I, I see these comments and a lot of it was Texas fans to be fair. It's not like it's, it's our own fan base, but a lot of just who three-star Jimbo's cooking. And it's just, I just hate when people are quick to the, he's a three-star before they do any kind of research or any kind of watch any kind of tape. So if, if you're somebody who was quick to say, Oh, he's a three car, three-star who picked us over Vandy, who cares? Let's talk about why that isn't the case, and I believe this guy can start for multiple years for the Aggies. So one thing I judge football players off of is just their ability to be in the right place at the right time. One thing I noticed immediately about Relaford was he was always in the right place on his tape. I mean, he was never out of position. He found a way to be in the right position every single play on defense, and he's just a hard-nosed player, just a – I mean, just a hard worker. Like, I think, and this is a joke, but I mean, not a joke, but something I, I say a lot, but I, I feel it's a fact. I think you can almost tell a person's character by the way they play football. You know, you got your your swaggy players, and then you got your guys that are just hardworking, gritty players. And that's what Relaford is is to me. He's a hardworking, gritty player. The, the best play on his highlight tape, you'd never guess what it was. My favorite play on his highlight tape was a blocked punt. Because you can just tell this young man will do anything to win a football game, and that is the kind of guy we want playing for the Aggies. So, like I said, it's a punt. He just blows by the um, the person, you know, the, the coverage person, and just goes and blocks this punt. I think the punting, the um, the kicking team recovered, but like it was, it was a big time play for his team. Is my point, and it's just that's a guy who wants to win, a guy who wants to win for his football team. So I think that's the first thing I picked up on immediately when when the Aggies landed Relaford. When I watched the tape, that was he just he seemed like a player who wants to win, and it feels like to me those players who aren't too flashy, who play the game the right way, play the game hard, are the guys who you see on on the football field more times than not. And that's exactly what Relaford is to me. He the the tape stands out as just a hardworking player. 
willing to do the dirty work. He's willing to – he's going to chase down. If the quarterback gets away, if the running back gets away, he's not going to stop. The play's not over. He's going to chase him down. That was the other thing I saw on his tape that stood out to me. He doesn't give up on plays. I see a lot of people give up on plays. You know, you're a defensive lineman. The quarterback's 15 yards downfield. The running back's 15 yards downfield. Oh, play's over. They're gone. Nothing I can do. Not Relaford. He chases people down until the play's over. Whether he gets to them, whether he doesn't get to them, he's going to give every bit of effort he can to make the tackle. And on a couple plays on his highlight tape, that happened. One was a quarterback, one was a running back, kind of broken into the secondary, past the linebackers. And Relaford, one play, he like I said, he made it. One he didn't, but I think it was the quarterback on this play. He chased him down and made a tackle. On a play, when I watched it, I thought, well, this guy's gone. And then there he comes out of nowhere to make a play. And that, to me, that is the kind of guy you want on your football team. We we like flashy players too. I mean, let you know, we like our Evan Stewarts and you know, we like our Justin Jeffersons, and you like flashy, flashy football players. But at the end, and I, I think that says a lot about an offense to defense kind of thing there. But you know what my, my point here is is this guy is just he's gonna come in and he's gonna work his butt off to be able to play for the Aggies. And, and that to me is what you want in a football player. So 878th player. Uh, nationally, once again, he did pick the Aggies over Ole Miss and Vandy, but there were some other, I mean, they were, it wasn't just, it wasn't like it was, there were some other power five schools. Kansas state was on there. Um, you know, there were some other programs on there that stood out. So it's not like, uh, and that's one thing. And, and listen, I am not out here hammering down on anybody. We all do it. We all, it's human nature. You see the three star and you go, eh, eh, whatever, who cares? But it's just you watch the tape, and this is a guy I am absolutely stoked is going to be playing his college football for Texas A&M. That was what immediately stood out to me on tape. And I think, you know, you we, we've been talking a lot about playing with the chip on your shoulder. I think guys like Relaford, who I think deep down he knows how good he is. He knows he might not be ranked as high as he potentially should be. He's going to keep that chip on his shoulder. He's going to have that mentality his whole his whole football career. And I think it could take him to being a starter for the Aggies at some point. I'm not saying he's going to come in and start day one because he's not. But I do think eventually he's going to find a way to um, start for the Aggies. So that's the first thing that stood out to me. Now, I do real quick. I did not write down how big he is. So, okay, 6'2", 255. Because um, I remembered – I didn't write down his height and weight, but I remembered you know his – um, his height stood out to me a little bit. Now, I'm not saying to be an edge rusher, you have to be six foot five, six foot six. You don't have to be uh, six foot two, you know. So, and I think that's part of the underdog mentality we talked about. He's not the world's, you know, he's he's more of a linebacker height uh, with a uh, edge rusher weight. You know, I love the edge rushers. I love that, that um, body style, six foot five, uh, 255, 260 pounds. I think that's a great, you know, stature for a, a edge rusher. So, you know, the 6'2", but like I said, it's not I, – I just don't think a couple inches of height makes the difference in the world. The only thing you could argue is your reach, how long your arms are, stuff like that. But um, I'm not too concerned about it. It definitely stuck out. It stood out to me at first when I realized that, but it's not the end of the world, like I said. Um, and the last thing I'll say about him – I think, you know, um, when you talk about a big guy in basketball, right, and you got to have his post moves. It's like me at the YMCA. I always go to my left because I always spin to my right and lay it up with my left because I'm left-handed. Um, we played basketball the other day. I was crap-talking my friends, and I got humbled. You know, I really did. I got to get back in the lab. So that's beside the point. So I guess the point here is uh, Relaford, one thing I noticed that I, I think he does, and he's young. You know, he's still got his, his senior year of high school to kind of crisp things up. But – 
his his uh, pass rush moves are it seemed pretty strictly bull rush, and you know there were some other moves. I, I saw a um, I saw a couple swim moves and things. He, it's not like he just only does um, bull rush, but one thing I did notice is the upper body strength is elite. I mean, he just the upper body strength is something like I haven't seen anything like this. I mean, he just he just barreled through people, and it's not even like. What was interesting about the way he does it is it's not like, um, you know, he was driving through people. It was more like he just, it was just a one time, just bam, push. And he's just putting the offensive linemen on their behinds. And that stood out to me. And the other thing that stood out to me about that move is how nasty his push pull move would be. So a push pull move is this always got me back when I played offensive line in high school, but um, was so, you know, the offensive lineman on a run play, pass play there, you know, kind of sometimes, you know, you, you lean into your defensive lineman, you're trying to, you know, push people. And so you kind of, the defensive lineman will push and then pull down to their side and it's elite. I mean, that got me every time. I mean, every time it's an elite move. And with how powerful he is upper body strength wise, I think that's a move. If he added that to his pass rush move bag, it would be elite. So truly, a lot stood out to me about Relaford. He's a dang good football player, and I think he's better than a three-star rating. Um, and I get it. Those of you who watch me every day or who watch on a day-to-day basis, it does feel like I say this about a lot about a lot of the you know three-star recruits. They're better than the ranking, but I mean it's genuine. I, I think when, when a three-star recruit, and I'm not saying like when a three-star recruit is heavily pursued by an SEC, you know, West team, SEC powerhouse team. It it means something. So when Texas A&M and Ole Miss and schools that you know in the West or or you know are after a player, it, it does mean something. And that's what stood out to me about Ralliford. So he's a a good football player, a good addition to this class. Um, the the minute of this recording, the class was at twenty two after the addition to Ralliford. So he moved it up two spots from the um, some of the previous commitments. So this recruiting class is in a good spot. And ladies and gentlemen, I feel very confident saying we ain't done yet. So, I have two positives for us to take into this 2023 football season that kind of took place last season. We're going to get into it right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, let's talk a little bit about FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get get in on the action than, than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. So, betting news today, betting world today, what are we talking about? Well, me and my dad today were talking about this, and this is this is our um, our confident bet today. We were talking about Texas A&M's win, line, win um, over under total on, on FanDuel. It was at seven and a half last time I checked. And um, my dad was talking about we need to hammer the over on that. And I feel pretty confident in that. So, hey, if you're if you're sitting here listening to an Aggie podcast, Texas A&M Aggie podcast on June 28th, I feel pretty confident that you're, you're a diehard fan. So if that's the case, if that is the case, oh, seven and a half wins, you think the Aggies are going to do better than that? Go put your money where your mouth is. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So 
two positives to take away. So I'm going to kind of preface this before we get into it. Two positive things that we can kind of take away from the horrendous, painful awfulness of last season. Okay. These are just thoughts I had today. And I thought, dang, I'm going to bring this to uh, my listeners and see, and see what you guys think. So first one, and this is, this is, this was one of those like laying in bed, waking up in the morning thoughts. Like it was random, but I thought it had merit. So we're going to break it down. First one is this, you know, Texas A&M, of course, five and seven last season, you played a handful of close games, you know, hand, a handful of games that a couple things go your way. You're six and six going to a bowl, seven to five going to a bowl. Not saying that anyone would be happy with that. What I am saying is this. One thing I have been adamant about pushing on this show is how high I am on what Coach Petrino does for this offense. I've, some people disagree, and I appreciate and understand that. I really do. But that's one thing that I am betting on, you know, for this season is how good Coach Petrino is going to be. And this was my thought. You know, Coach Fisher, and we still, to be fair, we still don't know for a fact he's going to do this. He said it. He, he brought on Petrino. We don't know for a fact, but, you know, he, he giving up the play calling duties. So what this says to me is this. What if the Aggies do go 6-6 six and six or 7-5, and five, okay? 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and five, you go to a bowl game. Does Coach F- Fisher give up the play calling duties? And – for someone like me who is so high on what Coach Petrino is going to bring to this offense, I don't know. I mean, I think Coach Fisher is coming to a realization. And this is what, and here, you know, in this, I've seen this yesterday's episode talking about the disrespect the Aggies have been getting from the national media. A lot of angry Texas, and I'm angry in Texas, Oklahoma events. And folks, I'm kidding. You all, fans from other um, schools, other fan bases, I really appreciate you all tuning in. I'm just giving you all a hard time. But um, the thing about I want to preface on this is I think Coach Fisher realizes it's now or never. And what I, what I mean by that is this. The talent on this team, we've talked about the blue chip ratio. I know I hammer it so often, but it's because it is a fact, and people need to understand that. The talent on this team is top five. I think technically it's top, it was five or six in the nation, talent-wise, blue chip ratio-wise. This roster is one of the best in college football. Last season, I will, I will, I'm not going to throw Jimbo fully under the bus. I'm going to say that, of course, coaching, uh, that injuries played a role in this, but the talent was there. The other issue was a lot of your talent was young. Okay. So that, that is why I think this year and next year, this stuff can click. I really do. And if I'm wrong, I will. I mean, you know, I'm willing to own it. I will be the, see, one thing you all have, because I ha- we haven't had a take I've had to ever walk back yet. That's one thing you're going to learn about me. If I'm wrong, I will come on here and say, ladies and gentlemen, I was wrong. I'm not going to shy away from it. So if I say something you, you think I'm going to be wrong about and I'm wrong about it, tune in the next day and give me a hard time because I'm going to be the one admitting it. But what I do think um, what, what I do think I'm, I've talked about is, is what Coach Petrino brings for this team. I don't think Jimbo would have given up the play calling duties, hired Petrino, if he didn't think this year was it. I think he realizes the ceiling of this team with how how good the players are, how good the team is as a whole. I think Coach Fisher realizes that. I think he knows that he is uh, the offense clicking away from this team competing for the West, and it should be. That's what Coach Fisher is here to do. Coach Fisher is not here to go – I mean, obviously not five and seven, but Coach Fisher is also not here to win seven or eight games. He's here to compete – for SEC championships. 
And I think he realizes that this year he needs to do that or he really could be gone. And I think that's why you could take a positive away from the horrificness of last season and say, if Coach Rufino hits, like I think he is going to running this offense, you could look at last season as a positive and say, maybe if we weren't awful last year, Coach Fisher would have kept up the play calling duties and we would have wasted the potential and the talent of this year's roster and potentially next year's roster. That's my first positive. My second positive is Wegman's kind of breakout game. I know the numbers weren't jump off the charts, but breakout game was the win over LSU, which of course was final game of the season. And the reason I think you can kind of chop that down as a positive. So the stats here, 12 for 18, a buck 55 and two touchdowns, no picks. Um, I think the reason you can chop that down as a positive is simple. I talk about this a lot with pitching. You know, um, I had a pitching coach forever and ever and ever tell me when it comes to pitching that one day you're going to have a day where you just feel it. You, you just, you, you feel it with your change up. You feel your curveball, you feel your fastball and then it, it clicks and you're a new human being. Um, and that I remember one day that actually happened for me. I was playing summer ball in Florida a couple of years ago and that kind of happened. And then I, hurt my elbow, but that's beside the point. I'm talking about my, myself too much today, but um, I had a pitching coach tell me that I think that game could be, could be that for Wegman. I think it could be the game where it all clicked. And you might say this, well, Andrew, it, you know, okay. Well, a buck 55, 12 for 18, two touchdowns. Who cares? You know, who cares? I get that. But my take on Wegman in this offense has been, has been this. I don't think this team um, I Wegman doesn't have to be a top five quarterback in the SEC for this team to compete for the SEC West. I think he can be a game manager, let his offensive line running backs work, feed the ball to these elite wide receivers and let the defense do its thing. And this team can win enough games to be competing for an SEC uh, championship appearance with four, four weeks left in the season. I just think he has to be, Good. If he could be great, if he could be a top five quarterback in um, college football, I'm sorry, in the SEC, which we're actually going to make the case for that on Monday's episode next week. If Wegman is a top five quarterback in the SEC, I think this team truly could be competing for an SEC championship. So that's why last year, and obviously that LSU game was fun. It's a pod, that was a positive all around. It was a good way to in in, in the pain, the kind of you know, uh, uh, stop the bleeding. It was a fun way to finish it all off. But I think that game could be the, wow, I can do this moment for Connor Wegman. And if it was, watch out for what he has to do this season. So I wanted to talk a little, you know, because I've been so negative about last year, which it, you, I mean, none of these things are positives from last year. They're things that can be positive for this year from last year. So I wanted to bring a little positivity to the world in that sense. So hope that brightened up your all's day as well. The ACC SEC Hoops Challenge. It's just called the SEC ACC Challenge, but the this challenge is officially starting. This is its inaugural year, and we know who the Aggies are playing. Let's break down this matchup. I love it. I've gotten to talk about hoops multiple times this week, and that makes me happy. Um. And I think we have uh, some fun things to talk about for Texas A&M's basketball team this season. The first one is this. So your opponent in the ACC-SEC Challenge is Virginia. 
You have to go to their place. I don't. I, I never love road games in basketball. I think environments are environments are tough on people in basketball. But I made, and I'm already I'm already blanking on when I did the episode talking about the schedule. I'm pretty sure it was um, yesterday's episode. But um, I talked about how the road playing in some of those road environments at places like Arkansas and Alabama and Auburn. I don't love that, but with the experienced old team you have, the Aggies have coach Williams has, I'm not super, I'm not as concerned about it. If I was coach Calipari with all these youngins or, you know, uh, or coach Musselman over at Arkansas with all these transfers that haven't, you know, clicked totally yet. I think coach Williams has put his team in a, um, a just a perfect place in, in non-conference schedule. So one of the knocks on Texas A&M has been the non-conference schedule is, is weak. And that is not going to be the case this year. I mean, you could argue that's what kept the Aggies out of the tournament a couple seasons ago. Um, so I think, I think that problem has been put away. So you have a neutral site game with Houston. You go to Ohio State and you host Memphis on top of the game against Virginia. So those are all going to be tournament teams, I assume. I'm pretty sure Ohio State, I'm sure they'll manage to get a tournament. But Memphis, you can say that confidently. Houston, of course. Virginia, of course. So those are big-time non-conference games. And then you're playing in one of those tournaments, you know, like I, it, where um, you're going to play a couple quality teams as well. So there's going to be a handful of quality games on this non-conference schedule. And I think that could be beneficial for the Aggies. I mean, you look at this, if you find a way to go three and one in this, you know, or, or two and two, I mean, that, that's the point. You, you beat Ohio state and Memphis lose to Houston and Virginia, but uh, you play, you lose to Houston by six and Virginia by four and you lose to Virginia on the road. Of course, like these are opportunities to build a resume and I'd rather have opportunities to build a resume and lose than not have opportunities to build a resume, to build a resume and play, uh, I, I don't know, and play, you know, uh, um, Tyler Junior College. You know, you know what I mean. Um, I have a my old, the old, the junior college I played college uh, played baseball at at high school is the is the um, he works there now. That's why I bring up Tyler Junior College. But um, so I'd rather have those opportunities and lose than not have them. Period. So I think getting to play these teams is. Is, is, is beneficial for the Aggies. I think it's going to lead to victories. I think it's going to lead to better seeding. I think it's going to lead to, you know, you, you beat Auburn, you beat Arkansas, you beat UK, and people are like, oh, wow, Texas A&M's good. Who knew? People are going to know before SEC play starts. And I think that's why games like this give you the opportunity. Your old team that was a great basketball team last year competing for an SEC championship, an SEC regular season championship, and – um, of course, in the it made the NCAA tournament. And that's what I think this gives you the opportunity to prove it before conference play starts. So I think it's a big deal, and I think that's exciting. Plus, it gives us some games to look forward to, you know, around um, the holidays and stuff like that, instead of playing teams that just we don't frankly care as much about. So this is all exciting. I think this is going to be – I know Texas A&M basketball has been fun the last couple of years, but I think this is going to be the most fun year yet. And I truly – I'm willing to say this team is going to be competing for, you know, in the SEC championship. And I don't think it's outlandish. Everywhere you look at the rankings for teams in the SEC right now, Texas A&M is anywhere from three to five. And people are saying it's a conference that it's wide open. So I, the Aggies are going to be competing for an SEC championship this season and a potential high seed and hopefully make a run in March. So 
it's a fun year to be an SEC, to be an Aggie football fan, Aggie basketball fan. So lots to be excited about when it comes to the basketball season. That is going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Aggies. As always, I appreciate you all tuning in. Uh, once again, I'm going to remind everybody, I finally have next week's schedule. We're going to have an episode on Monday, an episode on Wednesday, and an episode on Thursday. I will be in the Florida Keys, but um, we were going to have a couple episodes coming out while I am out of town with the family. So I'm glad to be bringing you all stuff while I'm gone. So that is the schedule for next week. I will keep reminding you all of that over the next couple of days, and I will put that out on social media as well. Uh, but that's going to do it for today. And once again, anybody fishing fishing tips for Florida Keys, please let me know. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can send them in the YouTube comments or send them to my Twitter at Andrew Stefaniak. But like I said, that is going to do it. Hope you have a great rest of your day, and we will see you tomorrow.